before we get into this one, I just want to give a massive, massive thank you to every single person who has watched, listened, or consumed any of this podcast or any of my content. In reflecting and doing this interview with my friend Josh that we're about to get into, I've it's really given me some perspective and gratitude. That's really the big thing that's came from this reflection. So I just want to thank you before we dive in. Um, what I did on this one is I cut this. So I cut this episode up a little bit. We're going to roll right into audience growth and LinkedIn strategies. Um, this is for people who really want to understand the tactics on how to grow from zero, especially on LinkedIn. And if you want to hear a couple stories about how I got into this, how I got into podcasting, and how I got my first clients, I left that for the last three to five minutes of the episode. So we're going to come in here with the value and tactics and then stick around toward the end if you want to hear the stories. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and follow and I'll catch you next week. And you know, now you're not a nobody at all, man. You know, I found you through LinkedIn. Your, you know, tactics are obviously working. I've heard a little bit about them. You, you mind sharing them? And, you know, because yeah. hey, when you see your, your, your profile for face value, you think, man, it must be nice to be Ryan, man. Like, <laughs> look at this guy. He's got so many followers. Everyone, you know, if there's people who dream about making a podcast and you're doing it every single day for others too, it's incredible, man. Like, you know what? What what do you do to you know really spread your passion and you know generate leads? Yeah. So how it works with and I appreciate you saying all that, man. It's a um, it's it must be the same for everybody. Before I get into the tactics, this might sound really crazy, but it must be the same for Matthew McConaughey as it is for you or me or Joe Rogan or anybody to be like, hey, man, this looks so cool. What you're like, you made it or whatever. Like, I feel nothing at all when somebody is like, dude, your profile is 12,000. Like, I, I'm grateful. Like, I'm super grateful. Like, I, I've made it. I'm 25 years old. I've made it. I work for myself. I live with my girlfriend. I love her. Like, I've done the things. Like, I've done a ton of cool shit. Like, I've already made it. But I also haven't even, I'm not even 1% of what I want to do, right? So it's like, that's a tough thing for anybody to do, but that leads me perfectly towards that's why I give everything away or I try to. I, I haven't in the, in, because I'm, I need to figure out how to package it first. Um, but really what, to give the context here, it's, there's, there's one, there's a pain point that everybody goes through before they start a podcast, which is developing the audience, right? They go through it before the podcast. They go through it during the podcast. They go through it after. The, it's it never ends building your audience, right? Getting other people to buy into you, and so that is something that I figured out. Like I figured out how to get two hundred followers in a day. It took me two and a half years, but I I figured it out. And so the framework that I use is a comment marketing. So you basically you got three ways that you can find people to buy into you, right? You can do cold outreach. Right. That's where you just DM people one to one. They don't know who you are. You can do warm outreach where they do know who you are and you're DMing them. You can do cold organic. That's would be, or you could do, um, like ads, right? That's where you just run an ad to a cold audience that doesn't know you. And then you can do kind of, uh, uh, content to the warm audience. So that's basically like posts that 
the things that you post that your followers that already know you see, right? So like those are your different ways to get people to buy into you or to figure out who you are. What I do is comment marketing. So what I do is I take people's posts, basically the same people every day, give or take. And I have already created throughout the years comments that I leave on their posts. And I post these comments at the same time every day, mixing and matching them and changing them around for whatever their post is. And my number one goal is to get as many people as possible to see that comment. But you can't have a Ferrari with like a tractor engine in it, right? So you can't like write a bet, like a crazy dope comment, but then have no sustenance to it, no value. So what I do in the comments is I put value in there. I go, these are the steps that I took. This is what I, these are the things that you can do for yourself. I basically add on to the post. And I offer and add more value in the comment or as much as the post. And I try to match that one-to-one. That's the growth strategy. I also make comments that are just for me. I type a comment that's just my opinion. I was arguing with a vegan today, okay? I'm not, I'm not carnivore. <laughs> I'm not vegan. Bro, I still argue with the vegans, okay? Like, I am, I am, human, I am a human being, okay? Um, and now there's a good lesson to be made there, though, is because these folks, like most people, create content for people who are already bought into the message, right? And so I learned a valuable lesson from talking, and you will do this, is if you start making comments and start really posting your opinion, I'm not talking, hey, Josh, great post. That's bullshit. That doesn't, you will always be that guy if you want to be that guy. There's a billion of you. But if I post like, hey, aren't you creating your own personal hierarchy of who you can kill and who you can't based on if they have a heartbeat or not? Well, that's my question. Right. And so now the comment section is friggin' going, dude. And I'm in there. So, like, it's not, I don't want to say that I'm not human and I just type these robotic comments. Like, I still get fired up about shit, you know? But um, I heard you don't even use Chat GPT, right? I have sparingly. So, like, say, for example, it's a comment on a very notable figure in history, right? Say it's a post about Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. If yeah. I if I don't have a good comment for that, I'll go to ChatGPT and be like, "Give me the top the cr- top th- three craziest facts about Abraham Lincoln," and then I'll craft a comment with that. But I would say I may have used it five times out of thousands of comments that I've made. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you pre- pretty much don't use it. I can right? just do you know? this. No, I don't use it. I can do if you put me on anybody's LinkedIn account. Like if I was a LinkedIn ghostwriter, it would be game over, dude. Like. That would be the. And can I ask you a question yeah, on that yeah. too? Is you know, I, I in my head, you know, when I, uh, I I'm not as active on LinkedIn as you, and I wish I could be, right? And you know, I'm I'm stri- I've from your previous podcast, you know, I have it on my to do list to make the templates, you know, to kind of copy and paste and add a little bit more flavor, a little bit more easily, right? Mm. But I look at Justin Welch as like kind of my example for like copywriting. I love his style. I know he's written a lot of posts about copywriting and I find his posts like easily digestible. Mm -hmm. Yours kind of has like, you know, an easily digestible and like, you know, makes you want to read it. What kind of like is your foundation for like your, your copywriting style? Like, is it from guys like Justin or is it something that you just kind of gotten over looking at so many over time and, yeah, I think it's a combination. So it's a combination of what I've seen work from my audience and then what I see work out in the world. And I took Justin Welsh's course probably two years ago, um, didn't yeah. really use much of it. And slowly over time, I started to use more and more of it. Now I teach, like I use part of when I'm teaching people comment marketing, I use part of his frameworks. 
And, you know, and I've spoken to him about this. Like he knows everything that I'm doing. And, you know, I've talked to him on calls before and he's a really great guy. What's it like speaking to that guy? He's fun, man. He's a good guy. I mean, he, Justin is Justin. Like if you see him on a podcast, that's who he is, man. Like he's not like me. Who's like, man, I like, let's talk about like Jay-Z for like 15 minutes, you know, like, (laughs) you know, so he's, he is, he's Justin. Um, but he doesn't give you his life. Like that's not his strategy. I don't really vibe with that. I would rather give you a little bit more about who I am and probably ruffle a couple more feathers and, you know, maybe not have that one person book a call because of one thing that I said. And that's okay with me. Um, I also know the context. I'm very early. I don't have a career behind me. I have a career in front of me. So a lot of opposites to, to kind of where Justin's at. Um, wouldn't be here without, I don't think, his help too. Also, his started with Gary V's comment section, but his comment section has also been the testing ground for my comment marketing. And he supports the comments that I post that he likes. Then he supports those. It's done every day. You'll notice I'll have a Justin Walsh comment. It won't go anywhere because for some reason, he either doesn't see it, it's too late, or he doesn't like it. But yeah, in terms of the formatting, let me go back to that. So the copywriting, you're, what you're trying to do is get people to keep get people to read the next line right like that's the number one goal when it comes to copywriting it's the same thing for a video you're getting people to want to listen to the next minute or next half hour or whatever of the video i've been creating scripted youtube videos lately like that game is very similar to writing linkedin posts where your goal with the hook is to get them to go to the body (laughs) you know and the goal with the body is to get them to go to the conclusion finally to reach the call to action which is the thing you want them to do. And then 20%, you know, not 20, maybe 5% of those people actually do it. Whether it's, hey, subscribe to my newsletter. Hey, leave a comment. Hey, share this post because of this. Hey, download my ebook, whatever that is. Um, But there's no magic, dude. Like I've made thousands of posts. That's the magic. It's just, um, I still haven't cracked the code. Like really, I know if I want to get a post that can do 100 likes and 20,000 impressions, I can do it. Um, But I don't have one viral post. Never. You know, that's not my thing, though. Wow. And you know, I know a lot of you've talked about, you know, some of these mentors that you've brought into your life, right? One thing I've also heard from, you know, some other content I've seen you on is the fact that you have a life coach and that you exchange, you know, your coachings for what you specialize in for something that they specialize in. You mind, you know, discussing that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, to start that, I would say if, if you, especially if you're opposed to life coaching or coaching, um, that comes with the idea that you have of for what it is. And the idea that you have for what it is, is not what it is. What it is, is what it is, right? It's never, whatever your idea of a thing is never really the thing. It's just your idea of the thing, right? So I just want to say that first and foremost, like, that's not to say it's valuable to you because that would be subjective, right? But saying it doesn't work or it's bullshit or whatever is also subjective. So we're playing the same game. What it was for me is a friend of mine who started a company years ago. Um, he now works a job, but he also does coaching. And, and how old know, is he? Because is he the, around our yeah, age? Yeah, he's like 26, 27. Yeah. Um, he, I would say like, he's not a business coach. Like he does help me make decisions with business. But he is a life coach. Like, I'm not going to him being like, hey, bro, can you help me scale from 10K a month to 20K a month? Like, no, that's a different coach, right? He is more so like staying in line with what you want to prioritize. It works really well for somebody like me because I want to do everything. 
I want to rap. I want to produce. I want to podcast. I want to run a business. I want to go skimboarding. I want to DJ a party. Like I want to do it all. And so mapping out those goals in the beginning, at least for me, was really beneficial. And it's just clarity of mind for me personally. And if you don't know how to do it, find a coach, DM like 30 of them. They're all reach back out because they're all looking for clients. Figure out whatever the thing is that you do. If I was Josh, I would say, hey, I know how to launch a podcast. If you don't have one yet, I'm looking to exchange one hour of podcast coaching for one hour of life coaching just to try it out. And if you do that with a few people, one of those people will probably be your coach for the next few years. And that's how I did it. And uh, we're still working together. It's probably been maybe a year, eight months. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect, but it's definitely helpful in my opinion. And how routinely do you meet with your life coach? Is it kind of like a, a weekly thing? And what is your routine? Like, are you like uh, uh, Justin Welsh where, you know, he's got the morning cleared yeah. out to go work out <laughs> with his wife, you know, probably doing some yoga or what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so his name's Nick Gates. My coach, he's, he's a great dude, man. I always like to shout him out. He was a guest on the podcast like three times. And then one day uh -huh. he called me and then he was like, we had a conversation and after that call, I was like, okay, dude, let's do this thing. Like, I totally get it. Um, we meet, yeah, every week or every other week. Yeah, guaranteed on the dot. Um, I help him with LinkedIn and he helps me. One day he'll start a podcast and I'll help him with that. And he kind of keeps me on track with coaching. But in terms of routine, yeah, man, I mean, I can give it to you any way you want it. You want it from the top of the morning <laughs> or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to know. What do you... Because you, like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people... You're scared to follow, you know, their business ownership dream just because oh, yeah. they don't really want to rely on themselves to wake up in the morning and, you know, go through the day without someone telling them kind of what to do. What is your routine like since you, you, you completely have that autonomy to, you know, do whatever you want, right? Yeah. Yeah. And hey, like I said, I'm not perfect either. Like sometimes I just stop working, you know, when I'm just like, it's like two o'clock in the day and I'm like, I don't have anything left in the tank right now. I'm just going to stop, you know, and a lot of people don't have the ability to do that. So I won't say that, like, I'm not 16 hours a day every day. I'm 16 hours a day, like two or three days a week for sure. And then I work on the weekends, too. But in terms of routine, yeah, I start out. Um, uh, my girlfriend has to get up at six now, so I'm getting up at six. My ideal wake up is about six, six thirty. Once I get to that seven mark, it's just it's not enough time um, for me personally. Waking up at six, I'm making the coffee, doing my stretches. So I'll stretch for like 10 minutes you know, hit, you know, with the gun, gun or stretching, whatever it is, just to kind of whatever sore uh, from the workout the day before, then um, she'll leave around like 640. At that point, I'll start my meditation because it's just me. That'll be about 20 minutes. And then at seven, I'll, I'll sometimes I journal, sometimes I don't. If I journal, I'll just do kind of like one page or two pages. Uh, and then at that point, yeah, I might take a shower, might not kind of just depending how much time I have or how I'm feeling. And then I'll just get going um, on LinkedIn for the day. So I'll hop on and start writing, figuring out what I'm going to post. Normally, I have posts kind of in the matrix and I'm just going to choose one and then maybe iterate on it a little bit. Uh, around eight, I click post and that's when I start my engagement. I'm engaging for about 30 minutes. Then it's back to my post, answering some comments, back to engaging for another 30 minutes to an hour, still checking my posts. Normally around nine, I'll start, I'll check Slack, just check in with the team if I have any messages from the team. And then, yeah, then I'm back to engagement, be on LinkedIn, answering DMs and engaging probably till like 10, 1030. And then I'll eat breakfast. Um, and then I'll take meetings from like 11 to basically any time, you know, 11 to like seven. But it's not like 
all meetings from 11 to 7. It's just that's the time that I block out for meetings. And then like this, like I'll probably, yeah, 6 o'clock, normally 7 o'clock. It's rare. I'll go to 8 o'clock at night for meetings. And then within before and after meetings, I'm usually answering messages, sending out emails, sending invoices, or editing po- my podcast or recording my podcast. So that's that's the day. And then I get my workout in. So right now, it's about almost 6 o'clock. So I'll go to the gym uh, right after this and, and get, get the workout in, come back, make dinner show up my girl, go to bed, do it all again. Cool. And, you know, I know you said you had a, you, were de- you built a team, right? Is there like a remote team throughout the U.S. or some people that you have, you know, make these podcasts happen? You know, what what is that? Yeah, so the team's global. Um, my second in command, his name's Jack Gallagher. He's really the production manager slash coach. Um, so he coaches a lot of the new podcasters and he'll also manage the production side of things. So he's like part-time to full-time, just kind of depends on the week. And uh, so he's, I went to high school with him, like we were best friends in high school. Um, Also hired my college roommate, Aaron, who works, he's most, he's a photographer. So he mostly does like one-off gigs and and, uh, he's a website designer. So he'll manage the site. Um, And then the rest, everybody else is all over the place. So some in the US, uh, my audio engineers in Serbia, shout out to Ivan, Uh, my graphic designer, who I call my graphic designer, but he's just a kid from Ukraine <laughs> who I know, yeah. you know, who I, who DM me on Instagram. His name is Max. Good guy. Um, and then, yeah, we got some folks in the UK. It's just, it's, it's a little bit all over the place. That's great, man. And so, you know, this team that you got built, these podcasts that you got going, this coaching and this network that you have built, where are you headed? What's your goal? What's the next couple of years look like in the short term? And the long term. I know, obviously, you're living with your girlfriend now, right? And you still have your independence with your business. What's going on next? Is it, uh, you know, you know uh, the property management? Is it a wealth goal? Is it, uh, uh, you know, a movement or, you know, to be like a Gary V or a Justin Welsh? What's, what's, where are you headed, Ryan? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, what I've realized recently is I've, had a lot of fun running this business and it's crazy to look at I'm at like 3 years and 7 months or or whatever that that I've been doing this and it's just it's amazing that it's I've been able to do it um this whole time and and it's just a trip man because I know like 10 15 years from now I'm going to look back and be like wow that was crazy you know that was a crazy moment um in terms of the business I am going to niche down most likely um I'm going to probably serve a particular audience or persona um, which I haven't done. Like we've niched to we're the wedding planners of podcasting or the financial advisors of podcasting. Um, you know, we advise people, we coach people, we help them plan. That's kind of our niche. It's not doesn't really go deeper than that. We've served, you know, military, a lot of service members. Um, we have multiple finance podcasts. We have podcasts on recovery. We have podcasts in automotive. Like it's just um, I've d- I've been able to serve in these different capacities. Celebrity podcasts that I've I've NDAs unfortunately, so I can't say, but who they are. Um, but it's really been really cool. So I, I think I'm as hard as it is, like, I think I'm kind of coming to the end of the serving everybody mentality. I haven't made the decision in terms of what industry I'm going to serve or persona, or it could be finance, it could be marketing, it could be sales, it could be, you know, something even more specific than that. So I'm not sure. But I think in terms of the business, that's going to be our key to scale. Because if you look at it like from a Hermosi side of things, um, and I've made enough content about him now, so I don't know if your audience knows him, but um, my audience definitely does, I think, at this point. But it's one platform, one product, one persona, one offer. 
And the persona is the thing that I haven't done. I have a platform, I have a product, I have an offer, but I don't have the persona. So I think that's kind of more glaring now. And um, I was just doing some work with um, a head of marketing at a very large uh, shoe company. And she's given me some good advice around the branding around my business um, and kind of where it sits in the market. And so I'm in these conversations now. But uh, and I'm serving the right people and I'm attracting the right people. But I think kind of uh, closing the doors a little bit is going to really help us shoot up uh, in terms of of who we're serving and the scale of the company. Because I'm thinking like, I mean, it has to do seven multiple seven figures, you know, or or else like it's not really going to be worth it to do um, with the margins that we have. So we're at six or multiple six now, and that's really what I see for the next few years is multiple seven figures, probably U.S team, probably studio or office and, um, you know, probably go from there. Wow. Wow. And last question for you, Ryan, you know, that guy that was, you know, the mechanic that heard rich dad, poor dad thinking, what's this about two dads, right? What would you say to that guy? What would you say to the other people that are in that in their life, whether they were, you know, in their early 20s or still in their 40s working and, you know, have that in their heart to be a business owner? What would your advice be to them? If there's a thing that you think you want to do, you definitely have to do it because failure is way better than regret. Nobody on their deathbed goes, man, I hated that sucked when I failed that on that thing. No, they all say, I wish I would have tried this, this or this, right? So it's just not worth it. Like the problem is like, and this is really, this is what a lot of people say, but the reality is trying the thing you want that is in the back of your head all the time, the barrier that's stopping you is just one hard conversation, right? So it's me going to my girlfriend and being like, Hey, I really want to pursue this thing. It's going to take three hours per night. Like, do you support me on it? Like, can you support me on it? Like, I know it's going to be, it's going to be tough on us. It's going to be hard on our relationship. Like that's partially personally why we waited longer for us to move in, you know, where I had, you know, an established base, but not everybody's there. Like people are still grinding. Um, and at that point where they're so kind of clicked into their routines, whether it's the person that they love, whether it's their mom, their dad, their business partner, you know, I don't know who it is, um, themselves, but it's just that hard conversation. It's not easy for me either. It's not easy for anybody. Um, but I think that's whatever you want to do is probably on the other side of that. So whether you got to get real with yourself, we're all telling you, we're all telling ourselves lies all day. So you're going to tell yourself to lie until you're on that deadbed. And then you're like, damn, I shouldn't have told myself that lie, you know? So <laughs> have that hard conversation, man. That's what I would say to anybody who hasn't started to think. If I want to go back to my 20 year old self, I would say you should have made way more music, bro. That's all. That's it. I should have made more music. Like that was my passion. That's what I was doing every day. I should have really did it. I shouldn't have just released an EP and an album and another EP. I should have released another EP and another album and perform live a hundred times instead of 20 times and, um, you know, double down, man. That's what I would say. Uh, so to both of those perspectives. Awesome. Any final wor words of wisdom? Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. Josh, this was awesome, man. This is really cool that you do this. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, no, I mean, I don't think so. It's just, um, just try the shit, man. That's all I'm saying. You know, that's all I'm saying. Just at least try it. Like if you just, if you love cooking, but you work at a desk, like, I don't know, work at a restaurant one day a week, you know, just see what's up. 
Like I worked for a guy named Crazy Cat who was a DJ. He was like 68 years old. He couldn't even move. He had his DJ stuff in a cart because he could barely walk. And then I learned, then I was like, this seems cool. Like I could do this, right? So like do one, like just work that little job, go to your neighbor's house and be like, hey, can you, can I like, can you help me like uh, teach me how to cut wood? I, I want to, you know, build a table or something. Who knows what it is, you know? Use the people. Just ask. Figure it huh? out. Just ask. Wow. And what was like your first like major breakthrough on LinkedIn? Because obviously, you know, there's the milestones of followers. There's the, you know, I'm getting the first client. What was like, man, like my LinkedIn marketing is working mm. and this this client I got is very exciting or what What was one of those like, exciting moments? Yeah, I think the the client on the client side, I was doing my normal LinkedIn outreach, but this is when my LinkedIn was very small. Um, you, you, we used a bot in the beginning because my friend, I work for another guy named, uh, Mike Anderson and, and he's a, he's a really good guy. Like we've, he basically took me under his wing a little bit and we were kind of selling Instagram growth together back in the day, like just hustle shit. Um, so he put me on a LinkedIn bot. So that's how I got my first like 500 connections, by the way, don't use anything. Like I've never used anything like that since then, but don't use any of that shit. It'll shut your shit down. Um, but after that, I was just doing my engagement every day. DMing people probably more than anything. This is way before the comment marketing kind of stuff, uh, before I figured that out. Um, but I was doing split my time between Upwork and LinkedIn. And one day I get a call from this guy and he's like, hey man, like you're the podcast guy, right? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> I didn't know who he was. I didn't even know. I don't know where he came from. And so he's like, yeah, we got this show. There's celebrity guests. Like we have a mentalist. The mentalist is the, and they had me not, they didn't even have me sign an NDA. So that's why I love talking about this. And not that NDAs are kind of, they are what they are, but I love that they didn't have me. Like it was so unorganized that like they didn't have me sign an NDA. I'm talking, we had Robert Irvine from the food channel. We had Tony Lobianco, who's in like five mob movies. We had, um, you know, uh, the CEO of wounded warrior. We had just bangers, man. We had, um, uh, a couple guys from the NFL. Like it was so cool. It was such a dope podcast. No idea how this guy found my number still to this day. Um, that was like a four or $5,000 contract. So like that was the biggest moment where I'm like, Oh my God, this is happening. Like I, I had to call my friend, um, Stefano and I was like, dude, do you know, like how to process a credit card for like four or five? Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get this money. They want to pay with a card. Who's, who's ever spent four or $5,000 on a card. I'm like, this is insane. Um, you know, so yeah, man, that was a shit show too. My first two gigs were complete shit shows, dude. Just the first guy on drugs, the second, the second one with the mentalist who like, <laughs> who know, man, it was so many, so convoluted. Um, but that was great, man. And then in terms of LinkedIn, I mean, um, yeah, I still got to get to the tactics too. So make sure we got to make sure we talk about that. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's any one moment. I mean, I guess once I hit like 5,000 followers, I was like, okay, this is kind of like, kind of, this is the most I've ever had on any platform. The most I had before that was like 3,000 on Instagram. So, huh. And so was there any like, you know, kind of like setbacks in a way, although you had these, you know, kind of like two, uh, uh, you know, not the best clients for your first uh, two, right? Was there any like, you know, would you say setbacks in this journey that you've had so far and running podcast principles or, you know, getting, you know, some shows going or, Anything where it was kind of a yeah. dang, like can't believe that happened moment. Yeah, I mean, there. It's just when you have no money left. That's that's the hardest one, I think, because I've who who functions under the mindset of like, hey, dude, if the money runs out, we'll be fine. Like nobody says that. 
Like nobody would a nine to five is like, I can't wait till I run out of money. And like, it'll be great. It'll be cool. Like in business, in my business, like I'm not, I'm not telling my team like, Hey, I'm at zero guys. Like I'm putting it on a credit card. Like I've, you know, knock on wood, never had to, but um, yeah, I think the, the least that I went down to in my bank account was like, maybe like 80 bucks or something like that. That was maybe a few years ago. And then more and more recent times, maybe like 400 bucks. I think like earlier this year, there was a time where I had like 400 bucks left. Um, but it's like, those are the hard ones for me just because paying my people, that's all. Like, it's not me. I'll figure, I can go Uber, bro. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll go be a mechanic again. I'll go Uber. I'll do, I'll, I'll sell couches. I'll, you know, do videos for mechanic shops i mean whatever i'll figure my shit out you know but it's like really like after working for that guy uh the kind of first like client i had or whatever where like he stopped paying people that's was always my thing of like make sure like i'm talking you can ask anybody who's ever worked for me there's never been a person where i said i don't have the money like i can't pay you right now you have to wait there's been moments where I said, it says in the contract to get me the invoice by this day and you're two weeks late. I can't pay it because you signed a contract saying that you need to invoice me by the end of the month. Well, okay, that's a different story, right? Because now we've already agreed upon this, um, which doesn't happen. All my guys are great, man. Guys and girls and who, are, who work for me, um, they're fantastic. But um, yeah, I think it's, uh, that's been the hardest thing. And it's also just not knowing. Um, we don't, we are, I'm out here. I was a nobody. I came into this podcast industry. Um, I've worked on some cool shows, but it's every day. Like it doesn't, it doesn't stop. I have to send a hundred messages a day. I have to make one or two posts a day. I have to make a hundred comments a day. It's not that it like nothing happens if I don't do that. Right. So there's setbacks along the way, you know, there's mostly small. Um, but the reason why I don't have one is because it's part of the game. Like, I don't, I look at it like every time something happens and my partner is like, dude, what's, what's going on with this? And I'm like, all good, bro. Write it down. And, and now we have a solution for it for next time, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. that's how you got to think about it.